0: This is Genesis, the Genesis class for Sunday school again. We are back in the book. So um, we're actually going to be covering Genesis 15, 16, 17, and hopefully 18 through verse 15. That's the goal. Um, Whether we'll get there or not, we'll see. But that's the goal. That's the goal. Um, If you guys remember from the first class that we did, we did in Genesis Genesis starts off and the the whole point I feel of the book of of Genesis is God did it. God, God does it all. In Genesis 1, God creates everything. In Genesis 2, God creates Adam and Eve. In Genesis 3, there's a fall that God knows about and he allows that fall and God's still doing it. In Genesis 4, you get Cain and Abel. God is able to provide with Cain and Abel. In Genesis 5, you get The generations of men through the flood in chapter 7, God did it. And what did he give Noah as a sign? He gave him the sign of the rainbow. Then after that, God says, uh, all the nations, the the table of nations in Genesis 10, men spread out all over the world. And then we start Genesis chapter 12 with Abraham. And then we get to Genesis 12, it's God has moved from telling us, uh, Moses has moved from telling us about events in Genesis chapter 12 to telling us about people. And he starts off with Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12, we get Abraham's background. In 13, we t- it tells us about Abraham and Lot. Then there was the war of the kings in 14. And then we end up in Genesis 15. So that's a quick recap of where we went in the, in the first um, Genesis session. But now we're ca- now that we're caught up, I hope to make this class a little bit clearer for everybody and a little bit more on point. So if if things are not clear, please, you know, actually wait till after the class and say, John, that wasn't clear. Could you help me out? And I'll try to make it more clear next week. Okay. Um, So in Genesis chapter 15, it starts off and it says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, do not fear, Abraham. I am uh, a shield to you, your reward shall be very great. Now, the first thing that I have to ask you guys is, where have we seen the word of the Lord in the Bible? In the beginning was the word. Where have we seen the word of the Lord in the New Testament? John one one. It is my belief and the belief of many scholars that this word here, now in your Bible, it should be a word with a small w. It's a word with... Jason, how is it in the NIV? Is it a small W or a capital W? In
1: the ESV,
0: it's ESB. small. It's a small? Okay, in the NASV, it's, or in the NASB it's a, small cap, a small W too. But I believe that the word of the Lord here is a uh, theophany. I believe that it's the pre-incarnate Christ because when you look down at chapter 5, actually, when you go to chapter 4, it said, Behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, and then in chapter five, uh, verse 5, it says, And he. So you got the word of the Lord being described as a he, in the Bible, so I believe that this is a pre-incarnate uh, vision, uh, theophany, manifestation of of Jesus Christ, and it says, "Do not fear, Abraham, and do not uh, uh, I am a sh- I am a shield to you. Uh, your reward shall be very great." Now, do you guys understand? As I was studying, I did not know that this was the first time in the Bible that we see "Do not fear." It's in Genesis fifteen and God says Abraham do not fear this is the first time we see the word shield God is saying that he's going to be a shield this is the first time that we see reward and this is also the first of the I am sayings in the Bible so you got all these I am sayings in the gospel of John I am the door I am this I am that but this is the start of the I am saying this is God saying I am a shield to you So Abraham said, um, oh, this is going to contrast Adam and Abraham. Adam was the father of all men. Abram is the father of them that have faith. Adam had a fig leaf, but Abram has a shield. Adam received a curse, but Abram received a reward. So in verse 2, Abram said, oh, Lord God. Now, again, what we're going to see through these three or four chapters is, you've got all the names of God uh, ascribed in these chapters. You've got Elohim, you've got Adonai, you've got El Shaddai, you've got Yahweh, all of them. And if you've got an a, a a NASB Bible, the little study notes, the little text guides in the middle, it should tell you this is, this is Yahweh here, this is Adonai here, this is El Shaddai here. Abraham says, O oh Lord God, what, sh- what will you give me since I am childless? And the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. So here's this guy, Eleazar, that Abraham has picked up somewhere along his journey. And he said, he's going to be my heir because I don't have a biological heir. Now, there was a custom in, uh, in this patriarchal period that you could adopt somebody and make them their heir. And that was fine. So it sounds kind of strange to us. But he says, no, it's not a problem. Eleazar is my heir. But then God says this. Uh, or Abraham says Since the, behold the word of the Lord came to him saying this man will not be your heir but the one who will come forth from your own body, from your loins from your innards, he shall be uh, your heir and he again took him outside and said now look toward the heavens and count the stars if you are able to, to count them and he said to him so shall your descendants be now here's the key verse then it says then he believed in the Lord, and he reckoned to him for righteousness. Um, Jason, could you possibly read for me Romans 4, 1 through 8? And Robert, could you read Galatians 3, 1 through 9? And I'm going to read Galatians three fifteen through 18.
1: So 4, 1 through
0: 8? Romans 4, 1 through 8.
1: His faith is counted as righteousness, just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin.
0: That is a key text when we're talking about the gospel and how the gospel works. Paul takes this Old Testament passage, applies it to the New Testament, and he is flushing it out, what it actually means. uh, When you read the book of Romans, you're going to see all these allusions back to the Old Testament, back to to justification by faith. And it is important to Paul to let us understand that justification comes through faith alone. Uh, Robert, could you read Galatians?
1: Uh, Five to nine, you said, right? Yes. So then, does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you do it by the works of the law, or by hearing with faith? Even so, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer.
0: And verses 15 through 18 says, Brethren, I speak in terms of human relations. Even though it is only a man's covenant, yet when it has been ratified, no one sets it aside or adds conditions to it. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He does not say and to seeds as referring to many, but rather to one. And to your seed, that is Christ. What am I? What I am saying is this: the law, which came 430 years later, does not invalidate a covenant previously ratified by God, so as to nullify the promise. For if the inheritance is based on law, it is no longer based on a promise. But God has granted it to Abraham by means of a promise. We are promised Abraham here in the in the text. I, I have to scratch that. We. Abraham is, pro- Abram is promised here that he is going to be blessed by God on the conditions of his faith. He is going to be made a, a, the, progenitor, the progenitor of a great many nations. And it's, it is an incredible promise that God gives him. How would it feel to be taken out to look up in the sky and say, do you see these stars? If you can count them, that's how many, you're inher- that's how many of your of descendants you're going to have. That is an incredible promise. But verse 7 says, And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess it. He said, O oh Lord God, again, one of those names of God that we're going to see, how may, I, how, how may I know that I will possess it? So he said to him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer and a three-year-old female goat and a this and a that, all of these animals. Okay? Verse 12. Now, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, terror and great darkness fell upon him. God said to Abram, know for certain, that's an interesting phrase. If you ever get a chance, look it up in your Bible, know for certain, that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed 400 years. Now, in uh, if somebody could turn to Exodus, actually I'll turn to Exodus chapter 12 and verse 30, it says uh it says that the Lord was going before them and that it was four hundred and thirty years. The sons of it, the uh not this this time, the sons of Israel lived in Egypt was four hundred and thirty years, and at the end of four hundred and thirty years. To the very day, all the hosts of Egypt went out from the land of Israel. Does anybody see a contradiction here in the timeline? Just a quick question, just to just to throw it out. He said four hundred years. The text says four hundred and thirty years. Anybody?
1: Just on the face value, it looks like that one is saying 430 years, and
0: there's not a big difference in the text. It's saying, it's just talking about his generations, and that's all it is. Yeah. Have you guys ever heard of Hebrew Israelites? Has anybody here ever heard of Hebrew Israelites? Okay. Hebrew Israelites are big down in Atlanta. And I got into a, I'm sorry to say this, a three-year conversation with a Hebrew Israelite about, is it 400 years or is it 430 years? And he went and marched all around Galgatha trying to prove that <laughs> this was that, the the people that are mentioned are the African Americans of today, and the people that live in you know the the islands and stuff. And I'm going, dude, you can't. No, it's not that. And I've, we just argued and argued and argued and argued, and it was terrible. Okay, look, it's not African Americans. Black people in 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 today in America are not the <laughs> Israelites. That's not <laughs> it. Okay, it was, yes, sir.
1: with that? Let's just assume for one moment those who hold to the. Black Hebrew, or the Hebrew, and they said it's African Americans. Well, you have someone like Peter Hammond who lives and was raised in Africa, as white as can be. So I don't right. mean, even if I said it's African Americans, why would I assume it's a color thing?
0: Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 crazy how these guys think. Okay. So it, it's not that. It's not about the time. It's the Bible can give you like when it says a thousand years. Is that exactly? It's like. 999.99999, click, 1,000, boom, and things change? No, probably not. It's just a rough estimate. It's a long period of time. It's just talking about time. So it's not a matter of the, the actual time, OK? So let's move on. But I will also judge the nation with whom they will serve. And afterwards, they will come out with many possessions. Now, if you remember your Exodus history, or, or if you just remember the Prince of Egypt movie, when they, walk, when they come out of Egypt, they've got a bunch of stuff. And there's a bunch of people with them. It's not, just, it's not just the Hebrews that go. The Egyptians also go. And they've got gold and they've got silver and they take treasure. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You will be buried at a good old age. Then in the fourth generation, they will return here for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Now, just I'm throwing it out there. This, this question was bugging me. Does anybody know what it means, the iniquity of the Amorites? Yes. What'd you say, Lynn? I said they're sin. They're sin. Who are the Amorites? They're not love descendants,
2: brother.
0: No, I don't think so. They're Canaanites. It's just another way to say Canaanites, according to John MacArthur. So that's a good way a good guy, I bless him. You guys got MacArthur study Bible, so you should see that down in your study yep. notes. <laughs> so that's who the, Can- the the Amorites, he's just saying, look, the iniquity of this nation that is oppressing us, when it is full, when their sin has completed itself, boom, I'm going to judge them. And so, s- verse 17, It came about when the sun had set, that it was very dark. And behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a flaming torch, which passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. Now, I want to stop there. When you turn to um to Exodus 13 21 you're going to see God again uh, he manifests himself in a pillar of fire and a cloud of smoke as he's leading the Israelites out of this this oppressed land and here you have the same kind of figure being used that's passing through these animals that, that have been laid open for him now I think I think that's powerful again you've got a physical manifestation of the presence of God and if I'm if I'm walking through the desert or if I'm, if, I'm, uh, if I'm Abraham and I see a pillar of fire and a cloud of smoke and if I, or if I'm walking through the desert as one of the um, people who've come out of Israel and I'm being led by a, a, a pillar of, of fire and a cloud of smoke, I'm going to say God is with us. And I, I don't think I'm going to turn back. But the case is going to show that not only does do the children of Israel turn back, Abraham turns back. And it probably I would turn back just because God shows up doesn't mean that you're always going to believe that it's God and have full trust and faith in him. And that is terrible. That said something about me. I said something about them. But the point is, God is faithful just because our faith goes like this. God is just steady. OK, so uh, on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying to your descendants, I have given this land. From the rivers of Egypt as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. And then he goes into the Canaanites, the Kedjazites, the Zites, the Ites, the Ites, the, 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 the Jebusites. Okay? So, does anybody have any questions about chapter 15? No? No? Okay. Chapter 16. Now, Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abraham, now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I will w- obtain children through her. Now, that again, to us, seems kind of strange. You know, you got, you got this lady here, she's working with you, and you're going to send her in to have relations with your husband. That seemed, you know, we're kind of like, ah, God had set it up for how many men to be married to how many women? One what he'll do is you you see countless uh, pictures of, of polygamous marriages in the Bible. I mean, just over and over and over again. God never says that's okay. You have people who actually try to argue that. That God says polygamy is okay. God never says it's okay, but if God did not use people who were sinning and sinful, you know, what would he get done? You know, he uses us and our sin to still get things done. And so, in verse uh, 3, it says, "Oh, uh, at verse two, please go into my maid. Perhaps I will obtain children through her." And Abram listened to the voice of his wife Sarah. Does anybody remember a place in the Bible where it says Ab- where somebody listened to the voice of their wife? <laughs> Adam and Eve. Hmm. Huh? Where? Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. <laughs> you know. Okay. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about that. But um, honestly, the thing is if you put the, god has made it so that it is god it is christ it is man it is the woman and it's a hierarchy there in, in structure but not in function we're the same I, me and my wife are equal you and your wife are equal you know men and women are equal in our in our nature in our essence but as god has set up how we operate he has put some things under the realm of men some things under the realm of women and it doesn't really make sense when we try to cross those it doesn't make sense like i said my, my whole thing is i'm not going to s- try to have kids just not built that way okay <laughs> but that's that's what that's that's what people say when they try to get things out of order it's like a man trying to say i want to bear the children okay so after this abraham lived 10 years now that's that was amazing to me so between ver- between chapters 15 and what's going on it's 10 years in the land of Canaan. Abram's wife, Sarai, took Hagar the Egyptian, her maid, and gave her to her husband, Abraham, Abram, as his wife. He went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her sight. That, it seems to make sense to me, that if you send a woman that's not you into your husband, and you can't have children, and she has children, that she's going to look at you kind of cross-eyed cuz you know ha ha i got the belly and you don't and so that's what hagar does hagar's kind of looking at at sarah like yeah it's mine you know but hagar hagar is like she's got a little problem here so and sarah said to abram may the wrong done me by be me done me but be upon you i gave my maid into your arm now see she's complaining that I gave her to you and you took her and now there's a problem. I gave my maid into your arms, but when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her sight. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, behold, your maid is in your power. That is, she ha- you have control over her. Do with her as you want. Do to her what is good in your sight. So Sarai treated her harshly and she fled from her presence. Now I have no idea what this treating harshly is, but For a woman to be pregnant, as bad as the circumstances are, to be pregnant with your husband's child, for you to treat her harshly enough that she wants to leave, we can understand that things were probably getting really, really bad. Now, verse 7. Here's another uh, title for the Lord. And now the angel of the Lord. Now this is the angel of the Lord, the messenger of the Lord, found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. He said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, where have you come and where are you going? Now, I like the way the Lord pops up. He just kind of pops up everywhere. You know, you're just walking along. We're walking by the creek, and the Lord appears. You know, we're having at the campfire, and the Lord appears. You know, and uh, I'm tending the sheep, and the Lord appears. So the Lord just pops up. And he said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress Sarai. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress. Submit yourself to her authority. Moreover, the angel of the Lord said to her, This is important. I will greatly multiply your descendants so that they will uh, be too many to count. Again, where have we heard this language? Genesis chapter 12. It's told to Abraham. The angel of the Lord said to her, further, behold, you are with child. You will bear a son and you will call his name Ishmael. Ishmael means get God here. So she was saying you're going to call this child that you're going to have. God hears because God has heard your cry, whatever that was that was afflicting her she cried out to the lord god heard it that's what she's going to name her son um it's actually interesting
2: i'll I'll say that later yes sir (laughs) just talking about the lord hearing Sometimes he speaks directly to his prophet, you know, whatever that may be. It's just it's just amazing to see that he appears at those critical moments where, you know, people need his direction.
0: Yes. Uh, and, yes, ma'am. Well, I was
2: just going to add, too, that, you know, it's good to know that God, you know, still saw Sarah, like, as his child, even though she was, she was, you know, must have been weak because of what she was doing to Hagar, and there was jealousy there. the the child that he hurt her you know it's like he dwells with us and deals with us so kindly even in all of our like with David, with Bathsheba you know him falling but still saying that was a man after his own heart Yes. Mm -hmm. so it's like it's good to see it encourages me to see like Sarah's weakness and even though we didn't want her treating her harshly to show that while she was totally a real person with real struggles and, and real emotions just like we have I have
0: no idea why God has set things up the way He has, why He chooses to, I mean, God could have said, He could have created a world where we all followed Him, and you hold that whole thing against Calvinism, where we'd be robots. You know, he could have done it like that, <coughs> excuse me, but He didn't. He, we make choices, we move in, in and out, and we do things, and God is constantly the one who is in control, who directs and understands. When somebody's about to step out of line, God appears to them, and He said, and something happens, and they're back on track. And it's, it's, it's amazing as you're reading the book of Genesis that mm-hmm. you're going to see that over and over and over. As we moved out of these events in the first 11 chapters, as you get to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, it's just over and over and over and over. As Pastor Emilio was saying, God pops up and changes their direction as they're getting ready to go this way or that way. They're, I don't know which way I'm going to go. angel of the Lord says, go this way. And they go that way, and things work out great. And sometimes they go that way, and things don't work out great, and then they go the other way. But that's a whole other story. Um. So where were we? Verse seven. Sir, verse eleven, verse twelve. There we go. Verse twelve. Because the Lord has given heed to your affliction, he will be a wild donkey of a man. Now, does anybody know anything about the Arab-Israeli conflict today? Other than Pastor Emilio?
1: Too much about it.
0: it, Yeah, guys. This if 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 nothing else in my Bible was true, everything in my Bible is (laughs) true. This is true. The Ishmaelites, the people are, uh, they don't get along with anybody. Nobody. They fight They fight with themselves. They fight with everybody. I mean, it's the reason there's wars, well, I can't say the reason there's wars because they're, they're there, but a great m- many wars that are being fought today are with the children of Ishmael. Um, and thats th- I think that's just kind of the way things are going to be until God decides to put his hand into it. And his hand will be against Everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him. That's not a good prescription for peace. And he will live to the east of all his brothers. Then she called the name of the Lord again. There's the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God who sees. Uh, for, he, for she said, I have even remained alive after seeing him. Therefore, the well will be called berlaho Row. Behold, it is between Kadesh and Berdeth. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram called the name of his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to him. Now, I don't know about y'all. I really don't want my wife to come to me when I'm 86 years old and for her to tell me that we got a baby on the way. I love children. <laughs> children are great. Children are a blessing from the Lord. But if, if i got to go through at 86 what I'm going through now at 44, <laughs> don't tell my kids I said that. If i got to go through that, the <laughs> Lord help me. Okay. But she's having a baby. And it's delivered. So, hey John, yes. Yes, sir. Not
1: to go too far back, but when you talk about the children of Ishmael, mm-hmm. like right now, what 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 uh, people groups are we saying?
0: Arabs. Arabs? Basi- the, I, I'm, I'm generalizing but I will say if you look at what Arab people are doing in that region of the world mm-hmm. that is the cause of the, of the world's tension and most of those people if you want to trace the lines back are going to found to be children of Ishmael so Arab
1: includes even where people are at even. Uh, it,
0: bas- basically if you're not a Jew living in, in, the, in the land of, of Israel if you're in any of the countries that surround them just one second, Josh. Mm-hmm. Any of the countries that surround them, you're going to be considered an error. Okay. Yes, Josh. Okay, so
2: that brings me, he brings up an interesting point because you're saying in the geographical situation, mm-hmm. when
1: they says, and he will live to the east of all his brothers, if that's particularly an Ishmaelite, is that hyperbole language or is that a literal living to the east of his
0: brothers? I think, I think at this time it was literal, but again, they spread out. This is 4,000 years later. Right. So again, they... Because if you think about I this... I haven't
1: looked at an ancient map from 4,000 B.C. Or right. Whatever, you know what I mean? Well, if
0: you think about if you think about the history of just of Israel, what happened, there, the, you, had is, you had Israelites living there, they were moved out, all these people move in, and then all of a sudden, it's their land. The people who moved in, it became their land. And those people were Ishmaelites, if you look, again, if you trace their history. If you just look at what, what happens in that situation, in that part of the, of the world, you have a lot of people uh, who can trace their ancestry to Ishmaelites? Did you want to say something? Oh, sorry. I thought. I saw you raise your hand.
2: Oh, I, it's a debate. I mean, uh, yeah, if you I the more technical you get with the whole Ishmael's descendants. I mean, my my personal studies is it's been debated. You know, um, there's um, you know there, there's historians. they would argue that Arabs were in the region prior to, Ish- prior to the history of Abraham. So it's just debated yeah. right? when they actually arose and do they all come from Ishmael. Ishmael. You know? I know Muslims, for example, they love to trace their lineage back to Ishmael right. because it makes them think that they're part of the Abrahamic covenant, right. and the Abrahamic blessing, you know, some history. the history to the Bible, biblical history. So, uh, But it's, it's interesting. But I do, I do agree with you. And, and I'm not way, saying... And I'm
0: not saying all the people in the region are Ishmaelites. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that many of the people, uh, 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 I would say probably a slight majority of the people, are going to trace themselves back through that line. Um, Chapter 17. Anybody have any questions on Chapter 16? Um, I'm sorry, Chris, did I answer your question? Yes, sir. Okay. Um,
1: Can I add something? Yeah. Just for a distinction, I think when we hear, especially within the conflict that's continuing going on, we should not assume just because we hear some of an Arab that there is that they're part of Islam. Right. Because there are plenty of Christians living there. And so we ought to make that a clear distinction rather than just kind of lump everybody. Yes. Because of the region.
0: And, and what's the largest Muslim country in the world? Anybody know?
2: Indonesia.
0: Indonesia. It's not even in that region of the country of the world. It's in a completely different region. So if you're if you're, it's not about we have problems with Arabs. That's not it. We have problems with the theology of Islam and the people who hold to that and that's, that's a that's a separate thing from being an Arab. You don't have to be an, a, a, an Arab if you're an uh, Islamicist. So chapter 17. Now when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, okay look when I was 86 I had a kid. 13 years later I'm 99. But, Lord, you gave me this promise that I'm going to bear a son, and I'm looking at, you know, I don't know, Lord, is this going to come true? The word of the Lord came to him. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, I am God Almighty. Now, if somebody shows up and says that to me, I'm going to listen. I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Everybody look up here, look up here, look up here. Don't read your Bible. What do you think you would do in a situation like that? (laughs) That's a good one. Read read verse 3. Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him. And that is a wonderful experience. I just, God shows up, and yeah, I'm falling on my face too, Abram. And God is talking to me. God is an awesome presence. Every time you see God show up, when, when they were in the boat and things got settled, what, did, what was Peter's response? Lord, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. When you are around God, I, I, I describe it like this. If you bite a power line, one of those power lines that goes out there, if you bite it, is your life going to change? <laughs> yeah. If you, if you are next to omnipotent, all-powerful deity, What does he say? Take off your shoes for where you're standing is holy ground. Wherever God is, that's the place to be. But that's a fearful place to be because God is holy and we are not. Yes, Josh. Uh, Question. I
1: mean, it seems like it's
0: No, I, I think what you have happen is you've got, uh, again, as the pattern of Genesis shows us, you've got God showing up, people getting excited, and then as soon as God leaves, their eyes start doing this, and then they go back to their old ways.